0: Welcome to Destinations Unveiled. I'm your host, Amanda, owner of Adventure More, a travel design agency specializing in custom adventure travel. Join me as we explore the world's most fascinating places, offering insights, inspirations, and travel advice from industry friends around the globe. On today's episode, we're joined by my friends, Lorenzo and Kieran, to, to talk about Peru. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having us. We're happy to be here.
2: Hi, Amanda, thank you so
0: much for having us. Very yeah. excited to join the podcast. Great. Um, to get started, it would be great if you could each tell me a little bit about yourself um, and how you got started in the travel industry.
1: Great. I guess I'll start. Um, I I kind of fell into the industry on accident. I came to Peru nine years ago um, as a study abroad trip and uh, my senior, the summer before my senior year of college. And um, I was studying anthropology, so I'm not necessarily from the tourism world um, formally. And after I graduated, I loved the country so much, so I decided to move back and had some friends who were working in the industry. Um, so I started at a different agency. And then in 2021, um, I knew some people working uh, here at Peru Empire, and um, an opportunity arose. So I joined the team. Fantastic um in july of 2021 and i've been
0: here ever since yeah excellent i've done some study abroad programs where i've wanted to stay myself so (laughs) i understand the the feeling yeah Yeah. eight years later still here (laughs) Knows
2: more about peru than most peruvians (laughs) (laughs) Um, and in my case it was i guess in a way i was kind of born in the industry i guess um Coming from from a family that has been involved in in, uh, tourism and hospitality in Peru for three generations now. Um, Yeah, so back in 75, my grandfather started developing um, hotels in the Amazon, then moved on to um, Machu Picchu, Sacred Valley, Cusco. So developed that initial wave of hospitality. And then then my father in 2007 um, developed a property in Lake Titicaca and then had this vision of going a little deeper into Peru. And um, I had the opportunity of studying hospitality uh, at Cornell University. So I was very excited of developing my own journey. And now I'm here mm-hmm. in Peru, uh, trying to add a little more value and, and really get a, another insight to the industry. And uh, we've been involved working together for about, um, I would say, almost three years now. So yeah, Fantastic. I'm very, very excited for what the future has in Peru and kind of keep developing the industry. Oh, definitely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And to each of you, what makes Peru such a special destination?
1: Oh, I feel like people think about Peru and they think the you know, the beautiful landscapes, the amazing food, like, which they are amazing, both of them. But what really makes it special is the people. Like there are some of the kindest people, most open, generous very artistic people like with just filled with so much history and um, just a lot of compassion and they genuinely enjoy sharing with others and want people to be excited about Peru as they are and Mm -hmm. I feel like overall that's what has kept me here is just um, wanting to know more about Peruvians and and to get to them better.
2: (laughs) Yeah I feel like in my case it's a matter of um, I think mostly uh, diversity I think Peru's very unique because of a, you can have about half of the country is covered by the Amazon, and the other half is split into the, the Andes, the mountains, and the coast. Mm-hmm. And something amazing is that if you if you cover the country from west to east, you can see all three of those climates in a very short amount of time. And something shocking is that many countries or destinations that have such a variety have a very, let's say, strong suit, and then other two kind of not so important, let's say, destinations. I, I feel that Peru has. Three world class, very distinct kind of uh, destinations, which makes it fun
1: completely. And the uh, culture is yeah. distinct, and even the food is distinct in each one yeah. of them. So it's great to get to move through Peru and and experience all of them. Mm-hmm.
2: And and the times in history, right? Because you have a uh, let's say of Peru the pre Incas, then Peru of the Incas, and then Peru the Spaniards, and the Peru of uh, the Peru of now, let's say. Mm-hmm. And in a way, Peru has marked the very. It's had a lot of importance throughout those different times in history. We can talk more, a little more about it, but I'm not a history aficionado, but I've been trying to, uh, <laughs> to learn a little bit. But I, we've seen how uh, back in these several times in history, Peru has played an important part for South America, for the region. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting destination. A lot, a lot of, of history and a lot to learn about.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is there a better time of the year to visit or what's your favorite time of the year?
1: It's definitely considered a year-round destination. I feel like most people, if you're going to avoid a time, it would be February. It is like the heaviest rainy season in the month of February. Um, But I personally really like just after the rainy season, late March, early April, um, April in general. It's after. So, you know, you might still experience a little bit of rain, but everything is super lush like every like it's so green the sacred valley um the mountains everything just seems very alive and it's also a a lower travel season in general so sites machu picchu and all of the other archaeological sites aren't going to be as crowded hotels aren't going to be at full capacity you're not going to feel like the the heaviness of the tourist industry like you might feel at another part of the year um but it's I, i definitely
2: agree with you and i Probably adding to, let's say, my second favorite part of the year would be the other kind of shoulder season Mm of September, October, November. Um, I just came back from the southern end of the Andes now in the beginning of of, all the end of November. And Mm -hmm. I personally love this time of the year because you can see the weather changing, rains are coming in in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. You can see some clouds. It's a very dramatic kind of landscape. So, yeah. Definitely. definitely
1: Yeah. Even I was just in the Amazon as well, and there were like baby monkeys. So it's like, you know november people are like oh november december i'm not sure if that's a great time to come but it's a really mm-hmm. unique, and special time to come because especially if you want to see places like the amazon that's when all the baby animals are are being born so we saw like a family of spider monkeys with the baby and it was oh. so cool
0: yeah very cool um do you have a favorite adventure activity
1: I love hiking. I mean, you can do all kinds of activities here, like ATVs, Mm -hmm. lining, kayaking, whitewater rafting, like we've got it all. But honestly, just something about walking through the Andes is super Mm -hmm. special. There's a variety of different levels if you want to do something easier or really go all in and get high altitude, multi-night treks, you know, to these incredible lakes and, you know, Mm -hmm. mountains that are over 15,000 feet. There's something for everyone. Um... But yeah, there's just really nothing like just walking through the Andes and walking the old paths that the Incans used to use and the pre-Incan people used. You can really feel the sense of history um, yeah. just being along those paths. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I think
2: in my case, uh, probably my fav- favorite activities in Peru would revolve, would revolve around the ocean and surfing and definitely like that a lot. And I love the northern mm-hmm. beaches for that. Um, so it's interesting how, yeah, you can have someone hiking in the south, surfing in the north. Mm-hmm. Um and I think something I want to explore in the future that I haven't done really done a lot of uh, is white river rafting. Yeah. Uh, I remember options. some great options for that. And for uh-huh. those that look more adventurous, I think that's something to explore.
1: Yeah, even like multi-night whitewater rafting trips where you're like oh, wow. literally in the middle of this canyon, there's nobody else in sight, just like incredible views, nature, the stars at night. Like there's some really, really cool options that I agree. It's like not yes. something that's been done that much or promoted in the past so it's something super unique that people could be like oh yeah nobody's heard
0: this like (laughs) that sounds amazing um i used to work for a rafting company so um, yeah i've done a lot of rafting not in peru but i might have to add it my head to (laughs) add it to my list (laughs) um what about cultural activities i know there's a lot of history and and everything but is there a particular cultural activity that really brings people together you find
2: I think um, something that just came to mind was, I remember I was very, very shocked when I went to uh, La Fiesta de la Carnelaria mm-hmm. in um, in February in, in Puno. Mm-hmm. I think it was amazing. It's like some sort of like carnavales experience in, in that mm-hmm. southern end of Peru. Mm-hmm. Very festive, many colors. The dances. Uh, just a very different kind of take on the Andes. Uh, okay. I've never been to Inti Raimi myself. But
1: I was just there in jail yeah. this year and it's a lot of fun as well, but it's, it's definitely has a very Cusco vibe yeah. and I feel like with the candelaria you really feel like the puno like kind of really small town andean and it has a a bigger mix of different kind of traditional folkloric dances Um, Mm -hmm. people take it very seriously like they
2: prepare all year for these dances and the costumes and everything yeah that was i remember that really shocked me when i was there the size and the magnitude and Mm -hmm. people coming from all over kind of southern end of peru and then Mm -hmm. something i actually um that I lived uh, this this year i went to el señor de los milagros walk oh, which okay. is this religious congregation like they um i guess it's a religious statue or monument it's part of a church and they walk it around uh, certain parts of peru for i believe it's mm-hmm. over a month right mm-hmm. and you can see kind of the amount of people walking with uh the organization okay. and going around the city center mm-hmm. and i saw it firsthand this year and it was also very, very uh impactful and shocking. was it was interesting. Yeah.
1: And then i I feel like lastly for culture, if you want something that, you know you don't have to necessarily plan around a certain date to be here to experience Mm -hmm. in the sacred valley there's just so many wonderful communities that live not in the valley floor but up in the mountains so in these small traditional communities that still live how they lived thousands of years ago you know for the most part there hasn't been a lot of change in how they live and they're Mm -hmm. so warm and open and you can go and do like participate in their daily activities learn about the you know, the Incan farm cycle, the Andean farm cycle, how they don't grow different crops, how they've been able to, you know, harness this knowledge for thousands of years.
2: Um, Definitely a way of kind of jumping back into the past. Exactly. And seeing that pride that's kind of still there. Mm -hmm. That's definitely amazing to experience.
0: Mm Oh, nice. Makes me want to go back to Peru now. Um, (laughs) Well, I never need an excuse to go to Peru. So um, it just makes it, That much more enticing right now. (laughs) Um, Do you you have a favorite accommodation that you like to include in itineraries or a type of accommodation?
2: I think um, I'll jump into probably I think that the destination that I love including in itineraries is uh, Lake Tiricaca. We have this property called Tirilaca, which I think is shocking because a lot of people don't expect it to be that way. And when you get there, it's quite a surprise. a very magical place. Uh, so I'd say that's probably my, my top choice in terms of a little bonus accommodation to add into the itinerary.
1: Yeah. And it's definitely like a really special way to end your trip because it is at high altitude. So you need to be at least in Arequipa or Cusco, Sacred Valley for a few days before going to, to Titicaca to have the best experience. But it's a very full circle moment because um, it's where the Incas believe that their people and their gods originally came um, from. So mm-hmm. the original Incas arose from the Lake Titicaca. So if you've spent mm-hmm. all this time in Cusco, Machu Picchu, you've seen their capital, you've seen, you know, all of these different sites, and then you finish where they believe that they're from. It's just very special. Um, and yeah, Titicaca yeah. is gorgeous. Other properties? Yeah, I agree. Um it's great to find like boutique options like that. So that's a lot that we work with are these great boutique options. Um, we have a few hotels also in Arequipa, Sirka, that's super special. Our new property mm-hmm. in Fukio that
2: yeah.
1: it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely sure. great for the adventurous that wants to get off the beaten path. Um, so anything like that where you can, where it feels more like has a sense of place. Um, Absolutely. It, like, is the way to go. Yeah, I feel yeah. like
2: we're very lucky. And working in the industry um, having a lot, very diverse range of options mm-hmm, to offer
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, i guess a lot of people when they're thinking of traveling to peru they kind of envision this property in a sacred valley um, and don't get me wrong those properties are amazing but that's kind of what the what the guest is coming with that expectation already mm-hmm. and when you take him to the jungle when you take him to maybe even a uh, incaterra property in aguas and they're stuck in the middle of this Uh, new kind of sort of climate that we're not expecting to see in Peru Mm -hmm. and our idea is always we want to take you one step farther Mm -hmm. uh, so you can really kind of be impressed with what what you're seeing and and yeah pushing your your limits a little bit
1: exactly yeah I actually just got back from the Tambopata Research Center in uh, Puerto Maldonado well it's like Uh three hours um, up river (laughs) from Puerto Maldonado in a place where there's literally Nobody else. There are no other lodges. There's not even local communities that live in that area. So you're just completely immersed in the Peruvian Amazon, and including one of your walls is just open. To, there's nothing that separates you from the Amazon. Oh, wow. So it sounds like kind of you know freaky for especially for a lot of people <laughs> who yeah. are maybe not used to that. But then you get there, and I mean, yeah, okay, some moths might enter, some grasshoppers might enter your room, but it, it's really not like as Intimidating as it sounds, and then when you get there, like literally, I walked into my room, and within five minutes, I had seen monkeys, I had seen falcons, and I had seen other like really interesting birds that you can only find in the Amazon, and it was just wow.
2: (laughs) Yeah, can't imagine the sounds. Oh yeah,
0: (laughs) hard to get sleep with all the (laughs) the wildlife, nature,
1: but in a good way. But in a
0: good way. Um, What about a favorite restaurant? Do either of you have a, a favorite? Oh, I know there's 70%. so yeah. many good restaurants in in Peru. It's no. I, I, I honestly
2: know. love this restaurant in Barranco called Isolina. Mm-hmm. um I would say it's probably one of my favorite okay. uh, restaurants, and I love it because it's the, it has this concept of a house kitchen, um, and I think that the chef is actually replicating a lot of uh, his grandmother's recipes or his mom's recipes. So it's family mm-hmm. recipes. And a lot of food that you probably don't eat out, so it's a lot of food that is only cooked at home. Right. So kind yeah, of like it's your a, grandmother would like cook, like a grandmother, like a chayaena, for example, or mm-hmm. certain caucaos. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's yeah. a way of showing people how Peruvians actually eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and see, so yeah, that would, would be one of them. And then yeah. maybe have you been to Cantararita? I love Cantararita. <laughs> it's a, a yes. little ceviche place in a market in Barranco as well. Mm-hmm. So I think those might be my top two kind of more authentic. Exactly.
1: Uh, yeah, because we have in Lima, especially, we have so many great options. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Central just won best restaurant in the whole world. And actually, Maido last night won best, best restaurant in South America, Latin America. And um so you have a ton of restaurants like that and they're all amazing. But I agree, it's great to find those little off the beaten path like local spots. A new one that I'm really enjoying in Tambo is called Alca. Oh, yeah. And there um, it's this couple who have traveled for like 10 years throughout the Andes meeting with small communities and um, collecting pieces of art from them and also mm-hmm. learning about how they express their culture through art. Um, so they mm-hmm. have a great museum in the Sacred Valley and they recently have started a gastronomic project and they do a a tasting menu based on tubers and like potatoes but there are over a thousand varieties of potatoes in Peru so they serve um really interesting meals and then also you can do like a local like natural wine pairing with it as well so there's Mm -hmm. even a guy here who's making wines out of potatoes oh my gosh and tubers and they'll pair that with the with the uh, meal and it's great it's it's been a big hit I think it's
2: oh, uh, very cool. cool about the food scene in Peru that you, you had this kind of these uh, initial pioneers kind of started to put the Peruvian cuisine out there. And mm-hmm. now I think uh, Virgilio and the Central team kind of pushing the, uh, the limits a little more. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. you have a lot of these kind of smaller restaurants and new chefs um, kind of going in directions. Exactly. Um, kind of like there's another one called Medito now here in Barranco that is combining Peruvian and Venezuelan cuisine. And uh, I think that's very relevant to Lima now as mm-hmm. you have a very large uh, Venezuelan immigration. So totally. in many ways, the Peru uh, culinary scene is still pushing new limits, new boundaries and reinventing itself. Completely. So, always interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But like using ingredients that Peruvians have been consuming for thousands of years. Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, are there any hidden gems that someone in, somebody should see or do? Like there's definitely, so many yeah, options, but I
1: know definitely. I think the Alka museum that I was just speaking about, it's,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's pretty new. Um, and it's just, it's on this little side street in Oyente Tombó. I think that's one of the things. If you have an interest in history, if you have an interest in gastronomy, if you have an interest in wine or coffee, um, you should definitely check it out because the owners are amazing. They they know so much about Peruvian history um, and really everything that they do is to like empower Andean communities as well okay. and like you know why why you see in a museum like all of these famous names of these artists but you wouldn't consider these andean artisans also to the same level and that's kind of something that they're trying to promote that even though they're from different backgrounds their art is just as worthy you know if not
2: more so um
1: yeah that's one of my new favorite hidden gems i feel like that people don't know about
2: yet yeah and i feel like like for me um I've been finding hidden gems every time I spend a little bit extra time in certain destinations. I find Mm -hmm. myself finding these gems. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I was now in the Colcan Valley last week, and Mm -hmm. I actually spent about five or six nights over there. Obviously, Mm -hmm. a little longer than um, whatever most of our passengers or guests would stay. Mm -hmm. But I started exploring a little farther, and I rented out a car and did some personal explorations, and I found some amazing hikes. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think it's really a matter of my piece of advice would be uh, don't be afraid of spending some extra nights in your special destinations. Mm-hmm. Might that yeah. be the Trigal, the Tricaca, the Sacred Valley, maybe even Lima, oh, uh, totally. because I feel that if we push a little harder and kind of uh, go beyond those initial days or activities, you'll be finding a lot of uh, hidden gems. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. I'm a big believer in slow travel and and spending yeah. two to three nights at minimum, in, in any destination just to really get a feel for the area and, and learn and experience it also.
2: so yeah that's definitely something that we're really trying to um, kind of promote a lot of slow travel and um, mm-hmm. we have Peru um, is definitely becoming in a way a very bucket list destination with Machu Picchu yes. kind of leading that bucket list mm-hmm. so yeah. kind of our way of pushing back a little sometimes is okay we love to have you here to kind of tick that box. Right. But so let's it. definitely focus on some certain certain experiences and go a little deeper. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's just a way, it's a matter of understanding your, your passenger and seeing what exactly do we have to kind of uh, put. Uh, Investigate and and kind of push a little harder.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Especially like Machu Picchu. It's amazing, of course, but it's Mm -hmm. not that big. It's pretty small. It takes Mm -hmm. about three hours to see the entire site. So you can do Machu Picchu in a day or two days maximum, and -hmm. then you have the rest of your trip to explore other places in Peru. And so, if you have ten to fourteen days, that gives you a lot of opportunity to to see other destinations that, you know, you might not necessarily think of when you think Peru.
0: Yes. Absolutely. Fantastic. Is there any anything our viewers should know before visiting Peru? Anything they might not consider but should should.
2: <laughs> I, f- I feel like um it's always nice to ask us about uh books to read before coming sometimes, maybe mm-hmm. even a podcast to watch, or I don't know. Now there's some very interesting Netflix shows. Uh, you have a Virgilio show mm-hmm. and there's a chef's table as well. Um But I think kind of investigating a little bit about Peru before coming and then seeing what interests you is really nice. Mm -hmm. And then coming in with a couple of questions and saying, "Okay, I was very intrigued with the Amazon. What are my Amazon options? And we'll kind of go a little deeper. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, not long ago, I just read a book called The Last Days of the Incas. And I was Mm -hmm. thinking, wow, imagine reading this book before coming for the first time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your perception of Peru is so much different than if someone just comes kind of with no information completely so yeah put in some extra hours before and you'll you'll really uh, enjoy the extra mm-hmm. I, I guess more, you'll more, get more out of it yeah exactly
0: mm-hmm. perfect are there any other bits of wisdom that you'd like to share or any final thoughts
2: i think um uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about Peru and South America, how does it connect to mm-hmm. other destinations? I think naturally, for example, we're very connected to uh, the Galapagos. We, we mm-hmm. recommend and we do host a lot of travelers combining both destinations. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, some people are also combining the Atacama Desert, sometimes even the Patagonia. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think it's a easier to do kind of connections along the Pacific. Uh, yeah. Some people every now and then... Um, do combine it with some parts of Argentina or Brazil. Mm-hmm. However, that adds a little bit of travel time. Mm-hmm. But I think um, it's not crazy to think of Peru as a destination that you could also kind of tie along to something else in the, in the mm-hmm. surrounding area. Oh, completely. Yeah. yeah.
1: Even now, like direct flights between Bogota and Cusco have opened up. So you can even connect mm-hmm. to Colombia. Yeah. It's so pretty easy to get from, you know, once you're in Lake Titicaca, you can easily get over to Bolivia and see Uyuni and La Paz. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of ways that you can connect Peru with other destinations. If you have more time to travel, if you have two weeks or three weeks, yeah. then you might as well
2: take advantage and see as much as you can. As um,
1: you can yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, luckily we're kind of in, um, I would say, one of the most important hubs in the a Pacific mm-hmm. um, coast of South America. So a lot of direct flights with. L.A., uh, New York, Miami. Atlanta, Miami, um, mm-hmm. nice. now even outside of the U.S., direct flight with London now. So mm-hmm. I think Peru is becoming easier uh, for a lot of people as well, uh, travel-wise. So yeah, we're happy to kind of resolve any doubts if you have any, any particular questions and also happy to help you here on site with anything you might need.
0: Yeah, sure. absolutely. Well, thank you so much for both of you for joining me today. Um, and thanks, everybody, for watching. Um, If you'd like to learn more about traveling in Peru, you can visit us online at adventuremore.travel or email us at hello at adventuremore.travel. Thanks again. And thank Thank you you both again. (laughs) This was wonderful.
2: (laughs) Thank you.